Happy Boo. Halloween. Did I scare you? <laughs> Chris, did I scare you? Me? I was not scared. Fuck. I was expecting it because this is scripted. Um, it's not. We watched how many Halloween movies? 13. Were there 13? No, there's 12 Halloween movies. And then 13 with Halloween Kills? No. 12? it's 12. Okay. Anyways, whatever. We watched those 12. We watched two more. All to make this Halloween special for someone, hopefully. Um, Hey, Chris. What? It was special for me. Hey, you know what? It was special for me. Aww. Um, Yeah. So, happy Halloween. We talked about 12 Halloween movies. uh, And then two more spooky movies. Spooky dookie. Uh, We finally made it to the end. Uh, and yeah, listen to us talk about Black Christmas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Halloween. Um, so yeah, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Boo! Little table talk for you. Did I scare you? Yeah, you got me a little bit. Okay. Little table talk. Yeah. We've been editing, going through these episodes, editing them. And it might as well have Michael Myers as a guest. Exactly. Listen, we know there's a lot of heavy breathing. We're doing what we can about it. Chris smokes a lot of cigarettes, and I'm constantly just in a state of sighing. So <laughs> we're going to do what we can about it. We're sitting a little bit farther away from the microphones. We're doing we're doing some breathing exercises. Just, just, just. Uh. Boo! Bye! <laughs> Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Oh, and you were a little emotional, and I was like, I've not been socially acclimated (laughs) to interaction. Yeah, I don't know about you, but... For me, I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm sure I do. But talking mm-hmm. to people is usually what wakes me up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just be having an awful groggy day. Yeah. And then someone will say something to me around, like, noon or one. And I go, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, is this the first time I've talked to somebody today? Yeah. And then, like, the other day, when you were up at the same time as I was when I was leaving for work. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what we, I think we were talking about Alec Baldwin. Rest in peace. And then I left. And I was like, man, fuck, I'm just immediately awake now. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, up until you interact with the first person, it is a, um, yeah, you're just so in your own head. You're in your own little world, just doing your own thing. I mean, it could be six hours, but it doesn't feel like six hours. You know what I mean? It just, it's no man's land. Um, a lot of the times when, like, uh, I'm home because I don't have a real day job. That's just kind of how the first six hours go. Like, I do a lot of shit. Like, I'll run to my or whatever. I'll exercise. I'll, I'll, I'll copy edit, you know, or, like, edit some video or, you know, uh, edit the podcast or, or, like, practice this or practice that or, you know, read lines for this and yada, 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 do whatever it is. Um, I'm almost never doing nothing uh, as of late except for the last two days because I'll wake up and I'll play a little bit of World of Warcraft. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things where uh, even after all that time, it isn't until 
afternoon when someone gives me a call or something or like even sometimes you get home from work yeah where i'm like uh especially when you get home from work sometimes i'll just be like oh shit oh shit oh shit uh i wasn't fully on all day oh god uh, <laughs> uh. i almost feel like uh someone just said quick tap dance me and i was like oh uh, uh, what you know I, I find that when I'm, like, when you're out somewhere, yeah or, like, you're gone for the day or a few days or something like that, and I'm here alone, mm-hmm. after a few hours of being here by myself, I just start talking, just out loud, usually to the cat. Like, I'll have full conversations with Cooper. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, Coop, I don't know what I want to do. Am I going to, I should probably draw, I should, I should keep up on my Inktober thing today, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should. And yeah, I, I feel like an insane person when I like catch myself doing it, but mm-hmm. I'm like, Meh. Yeah, no, nothing but silence. I just sit here in absolute silence. Well, not even sit here. I'm just pacing around the house. I got like the JLB speaker going in there or something. And... You never have conversations with Kat? Uh, sometimes I'll say something like, uh, you know, like, oh, look at you. Aren't you just the cutest? I love you very much. Yeah. Okay. Or like she'll be being uh, a psychopath and I'll be like, you know, you really, you really stress me out. Your whole vibe stresses me out. Like this is, you know what I mean? Could you just relax? Like it, it, I, I actually today I said this would be normal if you were playing with a toy. <laughs> Maybe we should get her some that. toys. She has toys and shit. She got that one little purple one, but she also has a bunch of other ones. But they just they got to be under like couches and shit. We'd have to like look. I think there might even be someone underneath the treadmill because obviously cats just fuck around with them until they, you know, get lodged yeah. and shit. But she doesn't. I know my mom bought like two big old dollar store, like 24 pack, whatever. And I don't know how many of them came with me here, but she does have a couple around. More than toys, she likes rubber bands. She's a big fan of rubber bands. Yeah, yeah. Hair ties. She likes hiding under a table and jumping out at you. Yeah, she loves that. Well, yeah, no, I'll do like bits with her when I'm alone. Yeah? Yeah. Or I'll like respond for her. Shit like that. Just absolutely, just insane person shit. Sounds like it. How fucking uncomfortable if, like, you thought I was gone all day, but I really wasn't. <laughs> and I just, like, came out of the bedroom after, like, you just, you're home for, like, 11 hours or something. It's my biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of psychopaths, we watched Elvis's reportedly favorite horror movie. Oh, this is... And he also loved... This is he also loved... Banana. Teenage Girls. Oh, what banana what well banana uh honey and peanut butter sandwiches yeah yeah the elvis presley Uh, elvis i'll say it i might might. i know it's a controversial opinion elvis presley piece of shit yeah i think so i read a few like books about him in middle school because i did a report on him yeah just loved uh just having a bunch of teenage girls at the house all the time Hmm. nothing in the book was like and maybe he was doing it but they're yeah. like yeah he just liked hanging out and didn't really have a childhood so and i think he his wife was 16 when they got married or something like that sounds like some michael jackson shit him not really having a childhood keeping kids around but i think he did i think he like started making music when he was in his 20s yeah maybe he just had a bad childhood i don't remember yeah didn't get a great grade on that report well you know there is that thing with like uh sweet little 16 and like well she was just a 17 and uh yeah what's his name fucking uh ooh great balls of fire marrying his 13 year old cousin yep jerry lee lewis 
Yeah, I always, uh, I always think that. She was just 17, if you know what I mean. I do not, Paul McCartney. Yeah, that's Please really let creepy. me know what you mean. It's like the first thing was fine, because like, I don't know how old the Beatles were, but they maybe they were like 19 at that time. I don't know. I, that's what I'd like to hope. Exactly. And it's one of those things where it's like, all good, until you said that shit. Yeah. Like, that's a record scratch moment when you say, if you ever have to say, if you know what I mean, it's one of those things where you got to be like, wait, back up. What do you mean? Yeah. You said she was just 17. Then she was looking mean or something like that. Yeah. Find another Ian word. But if you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Ugh. I want to go uh, look for a Paul McCartney interview where he addresses that. <sighs> Insane. Yeah. Anyway, Elvis watched this movie every Christmas, uh, but only three Christmases in a row because he died. He did die. Taking a dump. Or did he? You think you think Elvis alive? That some people say so. That like he... who? I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like he couldn't handle the fame anymore, you know. So he... I think he wasn't that famous when he died. I mean, I think he was still famous, but yeah. he was. I don't believe it, but people believe it. Yeah, it's one of those things like Tupac being alive. Or JFK still being alive. Actually, forget the Tupac thing. You ever seen Bubba Hotep? Mm -mm. Bubba Hotep is a low-budget horror movie starring Bruce Campbell. Ooh. Set in an old folks' home. Ooh. Uh, where he plays Elvis. You choose whether or not to believe it, but yeah, he claims that he's the real Elvis. Oh. And that, you know. I want to watch this movie then. And uh, his best friend is JFK, but it's a black gentleman in a wheelchair. And there's a line where you know, obviously, Bruce Campbell is like, "Hey." Newsflash, JFK wasn't even black. And he's like, that's how advanced they are. They can mind fuck you into thinking <laughs> I was a white guy or whatever. Or turn me into a black guy, whatever it is. I can't remember exactly. But what ends up happening is an ancient evil mummy uh, is actually feeding off of the old folk to like stay alive forever and killing them and whatnot. So maybe Elvis and maybe JFK have to fight the mummy. Well, I'd like to see this movie. Yeah. I think it's the second season of Fargo. Bruce Campbell shows up as Ronald Reagan, which is great. That's good, yeah. He's got some prosthetics on and stuff like that. And he's not... It's the only time I've ever seen Ronald Reagan portrayed like this, but he's just an idiot. He's an actor. Yeah. Like, just how, you know, Ronald Reagan was. Or, I, reportedly, I wasn't there. And, yeah, there's just a great scene where he gives a great speech at a bar because he's running for president at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, he goes back into, like, a bathroom and... He has a conversation with Patrick Wilson. He's just an airhead. Just an idiot. And he leaves. How do you think Vince Vaughn and Bruce Campbell would mesh? Like as friends? Or eh, in a movie? A movie, maybe. Superficial, like they had to host something together. Or at a bar one night or something. Not well. Not well? No. No? Why do you ask? I'm just curious. I feel like they almost got a similar thing going on. Almost. Vince Vaughn and Bruce Campbell? Yeah. They both kind of like the 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 like tongue in cheek cocky kind of thing. I don't know. I feel like Vince Vaughn is more like he's just always Vince Vaughn, mm -hmm. and Bruce Campbell feels a little bit more like loves vaudeville kind of guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they. Yeah, like I said, I don't think they're exactly the same. I think that I I think they're different enough that they wouldn't mesh, but I feel like similar enough that it could almost work. Maybe it just. It'd depend. I just throwing it out there. I was thinking about it the other day in the shower, whether or not they'd get along. So that has nothing to do with uh, Black Christmas. That came out in 1973. Test me. 78? Did it come out a couple months before? No, not 78. came out a couple months before... Oh, one month before Texas, Texas. or something like that. So it's yeah. 74. It's okay. 1974. 
78 is Halloween. That's what yes, I'm yes, 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 yes. Also, the director, don't remember the name of him, but he did A Christmas Story. Did he? Mm-hmm. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I think he told me this. And there's a familiar face in this cast. Bob Clark is his name. Lois Lane is in this guy. Yeah, Margot Kidder. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love Margot Kidder. Love her as an actress. Uh, I saw Amityville Horror. She's the only good thing about that movie. The rest of it sucks. Uh, God, I gotta stop saying things sucks. I gotta say that there's something else. Sometimes things suck. Yeah, well, I could. Uh, let's start here. The Amityville movie. Wow, what a terrible film that was. Yeah, you sound like an asshole there. Even more than the sucks thing. Yeah. Just, yeah, that sucked. Nah. Anyways, it was terrible. Uh, James Brolin, shame. Uh, but Margaret Kidder. Wow, I really like her as an actress. Yeah, love her. I think she's great. Yeah, great. Um. Oh, and then also, what is it, John Saxon or whatever his name is? He's the sheriff in the Nightmare on Elm Street as well. He, he plays the sheriff and the father of the final gal. Can't remember her name. She's dating Johnny Depp, I think. Uh, uh, God, I'm trying to remember. Nancy. I think it's Nancy. Just Nancy, like Madonna. Yep. Um, I think that guy, the sheriff, mm-hmm. looks like Zac Efron's dad. That's funny. That's a really funny thing to say, yes. I can see that. Um, anyway, Chris. Yeah. How do you feel about Black Christmas? I feel pretty good about Black Christmas. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. Before hey, we get into why, though. Okay. I got a question for you. Uh, grab a bag of what you kind of heard going in. Did you have anything that you remember hearing that you're like, oh, you know, I'll put that in the interested category. Like, oh, because I heard this, I'm interested. Uh, all I heard was it's one of the first slasher movies second one maybe first one being peeping tom maybe psycho but yeah i'm in the psycho is more of like a hitchcock movie than a slasher yeah i'm putting in that category for sure and that's all i knew about it and that's what got me interested in it and then i was excited to see it because i knew actually nothing about it yeah what about you i'd agree with that uh i was familiar because of its place in horror history um but yeah, it was largely a mystery to me. Nice. So, um, yeah, why I feel good. It's surprisingly effective. I'm, we had a similar conversation when we were talking about Halloween. It's so crazy to me how there were some really strong outings in the slasher genre in the beginning and then just never really did it peak again, in yeah. my opinion. Like. Halloween, great. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, great. Black Christmas. Those are all movies that, to this day, when I see them, they don't necessarily scare me, but a lot of movies don't really scare me. Big they man. definitely make me ta- uh, uh, tense and, like, on edge and a little uncomfortable. You know, I'm like, ooh, you know. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I also have to shout out Scream. I think Scream is a great, mm-hmm. especially a great late-stage um, slasher. And, again, during our conversation about Halloween, I put Texas, Halloween, and Scream in a league of their own. And I'm, yeah. I want to say that the Black Christmas gets into that league, but I don't think it does. I don't think it's necessarily as special as Texas or Halloween. Yeah, I think this movie is almost great. Yeah. I think it's really, really good. It's missing something. Yeah. It's missing a little bit of charm. It's a little bit of a sleeper, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, underwhelming, and... <clears throat> yeah, it just lacks like one element, just something to make it a little more memorable for me. Yeah, it kind of like what you were saying. Yeah, like I felt this way. I'll get into it more when we talk about Texas. But uh-huh. 
yeah, this movie never, yeah, no, horror movies in general don't usually scare me, scare me. I'm not, like, up all night thinking about it for a while, but definitely a few times in this movie, something would happen, I'd be like, oh, fuck, that's scary. Yeah, and, like, the the one girl with the bag over her face, that's kind of fucked up, and that was really yeah, yeah. unsettling. That's what was getting me the most about this movie, is we've talked about it in some of these other ones, but a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie feels out of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, like just that constant cut back to her in the yeah, window the with the bag over her face and the POV shots of the killer up in the attic, like mm-hmm. just losing his mind and breaking shit and mm-hmm. like pushing the girl in the rocking chair while just like mumbling. Yeah. And, like even right off the bat when he, they get the first phone call mm-hmm. and they pick it up and he's like, you're cunt. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, boof. That was harsh immediately. Like I didn't expect that out yeah. of a 1974 movie. It was just the moaning and the groaning and like the screams and the squealing. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is... This is working on me. Yeah. Um, I would say it worked most of the time, but there was a bit of me that got a little tired of it by the end. But yeah. yeah, it is really neat. We talked about it while we were watching it. Um, pretty unique idea, especially since the majority of slasher films very quickly abandoned their um, their 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 main antagonist or protagonist, depending on how you look at it, uh, being able to communicate for some reason. Yeah. I mean, Freddy can, Chucky can. The leprechaun can, if you count the leprechaun. Ghostface can, but there are other examples that can, yeah. like Leatherface and, and Jason. And most of the movies that rip off, like Leatherface mm-hmm, and Jason. Mm-hmm. Ah, I want to watch Candyman. That's also one that talks. Whatever. Maybe more of them talk than you think, but I guess it's become more cliche that they don't talk, is yeah. what I mean to say. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, with some of them it works, some of them it doesn't. I think him talking and communicating works in this. Something I don't like about this movie it makes me laugh, and I do like it, but it also just seems too convenient. Every cop in this movie is a fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the one at the front desk is played to be an idiot. Yeah. Like, oh, we keep getting these strange calls. He's like, mm. ah, it's just a prank. Yeah. Well, he also gets pranked. He with does. The he gets pranked, and then they tell Zach Efron's dad, and he's like, "Well, are you sure?" Mm-hmm. They're like, "Yeah, man, we're fucking sure." And then almost immediately, he's like, "Okay, yeah, something's going on." Yeah, but for a good long while in this movie, people are telling cops things, and they're like. Ah, you kids. <laughs> yeah, in terms of stuff that didn't work, uh, I thought it was really... It works, but I, again, maybe it's just missing something, but the whole like killer in the attic, is it the boyfriend? Is it not? And then it ends with like it's seeming like it is the boyfriend, but then no, there is a killer in the attic. I guess it worked. I'm not yeah. that... But it's fine. I just feel like overall... I like this movie. I'd probably watch it again. Yeah, it's on definitely. If I'm at yeah. a party or something or whatever. But most of it is just again fine. You know. Yeah, I'd say it's yeah. Fine. That's probably the thing that the biggest thing that doesn't work for me. Yeah, is I really I do like that you never see the killer. But yeah, because then you don't have to do silly stuff. Like I love it. Don't get me wrong; it works great. But you don't have to be like. You don't have to do character design. You don't have to be like, okay, yeah. he's wearing like a mechanic's jumper and like a, ah, uh, 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 God, a Captain Kirk mask painted white. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to do anything like that because it can quickly get hokey. Yeah. It can. But every time you do see him, he's like in a silhouette or you just see his arm coming off screen. Yeah. And it's always the boyfriend. Yeah. So they're trying to trick you into thinking that mm-hmm. it's him and then he dies at the end. Yeah. And that felt just off. And yeah. weird. Like and I said, like, it should be good, but it just did feel a little off. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the guy in the attic just has the same haircut and the same sweater as the boyfriend. Maybe it's a twin. 
Maybe it's a if twin. there were ever a sequel, it'd be like probably. Oh my God! It was my long lost brother. Obsidian Christmas, Halloween Two Christmas. Um, apparently when they released this movie in America, they renamed it to Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, I've heard that before. Because they didn't oh, want yeah. people to think it was a black exploitation film or a black exploitation. Uh, and then it wasn't doing well, so they put it back to Black Christmas so it started making money. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little fun fact for it. Don't know if it's true. I think it's just something Bob Clark might have said at a convention one time, but I'm sure, you know, everybody's kind of heard it everywhere. Uh, apparently him and John Carpenter work on a, worked on a project together at one point mm-hmm. before Halloween, and, and uh, you know, John asked him if he was thinking of doing another Black Christmas movie, and he kind of... You know, half jokingly said like, "Oh yeah, I kind of got an idea for like uh, maybe like the, you know, killer, um, you know, got caught and like went to a mental institution and then he ends up breaking out on Halloween night to do it again, you know, one more time mm-hmm. or something like that and get, you know, get a couple babysitters or whatever." And he did also go on to say that like, that was like a half cocked, barely a seed of an idea. Like, and by no means am I telling this story to be like, "Ah, John Carpenter owes me Halloween." That is a hundred percent him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's a cute little anecdote. <laughs> Because uh, they are pretty similar movies. Oh yeah, very similar. I don't have a lot more to say about this movie. Neither do I. I wish there was something funny I could say about it. Do you got any hahas about it? Anything that you like? You got anything stashed away? No, I really don't. The yeah. dad's silly looking, I guess. Um, oh yeah, that guy. The I like. Oh well, there's the lady. The, I was gonna the say I like the manor. Yeah, the uh, the the sorority sister's mother, I guess, is what mm-hmm. you'd call her. Uh, but I like her, like, always, always, every, <laughs> I love that everybody's hammered in this movie. Yeah. Just about the whole thing. I love her always, like, finding, like, bottles that she has stashed away. Just cute little character things. Cute yeah. alcoholism. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, and then, like, there's a part where she's, like, putting her lipstick on, and she puts it on, like, half of her upper lip, and then gets interrupted by the cat. Yeah. And then for the next two scenes, she's, like, out in the town and stuff like that and just has a little bit of lipstick on. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. But, no, I think I do, I do like the end of this movie where it culminates. The other two girls are dead in the house. Uh-huh. We just got the main girl left. They found they find out the calls are coming from inside the house. And the police chief, Zac Efron's dad, calls the station, says, call the house, tell her to leave. Don't tell her that the calls are coming from inside the house. Yeah, the dumb idiot cop calls and goes, you gotta leave. He'll meet you outside. And she's like, yeah, but my friends are still there. He goes, leave him there. Go outside, wait for him. She's like, but I gotta get my friends. He goes, god damn it, the calls are coming from inside the house. You gotta mm-hmm. get outside. And she goes, oh shit. She hangs up the phone and goes right back into the house. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's good. Because it culminates with the, the idiot detective being the reason she goes back in the house. And, and I do like when she goes back upstairs and she opens the bedroom door and sees her two friends covered in ketchup. Yeah. And then she falls down and she's like, oh God. And she's just so scared. And you just hear the, <sighs> the like whispering from the killer. And she looks at the door that she just swung open and in the crack of it, like that's at great. the hinge, yes. his eye is favorite just there. That's, that's great. That's my favorite moment. I think my favorite moment might be. Well, well, well. Perhaps we should actually maybe even place this at the beginning or something. Uh, but we'll leave this here because I just came to the realization that uh, the like the load screen music for World of Warcraft, <laughs> the character select screen music has just been playing in the background. So my apologies. Um, but also... I don't know. I'm the one that's out 15 bucks a month for that game. So yeah, sorry Blizzard. Don't DMCA us. Blizzard. Also, fuck you. Oh, Blizzard. could we get? No, I seriously. Nah, don't fuck them. Yeah, we're talking over it. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, well, it's fair use at that point. Yeah. Also, fuck them. 
Anyway, so you're I'll saying... I'll take Blizzard to court. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you're saying your favorite part of the thing or something? My favorite part is, like, the last, if not, like, the second to last shot in the movie is, you know, they've got her in her bedroom. The cot There's everywhere, and they're all in her room talking to her. They're like, hey, we got so-and-so back at the station to make this report and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, we'll let her sleep, and we'll come back and get a statement from her tomorrow because she's pretty shaken up. And everybody gets up, and they leave the room, and they turn a light off. And they go downstairs and they tell the reporters to leave and stuff like that. And they leave and they close the door. But while all that's happening, it's always just that same shot mm. of her in her bed. Mm. You're stuck with her and you hear everybody leave the house. And you just you just know. You're like, fuck, this guy's still in the house. Yeah, I will say and it was pretty it pulls, effective. It pulls out, goes down the hallway, goes to the rooms where people died in, and then goes back to the attic. And yeah. you hear him just cackling or something like that it was pretty effective especially because in my head my first thought was like if that had happened to me the last thing on earth i want is to wake up from my nap and i'm alone in the house yeah exactly i don't think i don't think they'd let her do that i think they'd take her somewhere i know but that's brilliant yeah like, i'd love it if I, like, a, like a like a movie making or storytelling standpoint like that is genuinely a scary thing and it doesn't even necessarily like yeah it involves the killer because he's in the attic but even take that aspect away from it <laughs> like yeah. like i said i was already unsettled because you know it'd be one of those things where you know it reminds me of uh when we were talking about halloween too and i i said like uh when that when michael hammers that guy in the head but with the claw end mm-hmm. i was just like oh god which side would be worse the claw yeah, end yeah, or the yeah. normal end like it's one of those things where like you know <laughs> not the point of the scene entirely but what i'm left with is like fuck imagine if i woke up alone because like i don't know i remember being a kid even and like sometimes i'd like take a midday nap on accident i'd wake up and like my parents ran to the store or something and i'd wake up almost like the first episode of the twilight zone and i'd be like i say paying customer out here isn't anyone around isn't there somebody around i'm just losing my mind like yeah. where are my parents <laughs> did everyone die so anyways this movie gets a b minus i'd say solid b yeah, I like it. I was gonna go seaside, but no, I think it's better than yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's better than that. So I'm gonna say B minus. Chris, yes. What is your history with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <sighs> My history with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, 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 well. We've discussed it before, but young Chris was a big time horror hound. Oh, that's me howling in the yard, in the horror yard, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, when I was a little baby uh just loved doing stuff like being at my therapist's office and looking at her inspirational uh motivational posters that were featured scenes of the woods and be like that reminds me of my favorite movie freddy versus jason you know the kind of stuff that i stay i lay awake at night now thinking like oh my god how awful you know um almost as bad as like you know if i went over to someone's house now and they had like a you know, Kurt Vonnegut poster or something. I was like, oh, you like sci-fi? Oh, Rick and Morty. You know, that's what it feels like to me, like a little cringy where like I just, mm. but whatever. Um, also, I think you, young you at your therapist saying, that reminds me of my favorite movie, Freddy vs. Jason, is the only time anyone said the sentence, my favorite movie, Freddy vs. <laughs> Jason. You might yeah. as well have said like, yeah. sriracha syntax. Hey, that's a new <laughs> sentence. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> Yeah, well, words. but anyways, I'd go to any length to uh, watch the horror movies uh, that I could, but, you know, my, I'd, I'd, I'd just have a couple separate distinct memories of, like, 
being with extended relations because my mother was visiting or something and then looking at their like VHS collection and seeing that they had like four of the seven Friday the 13th or something just be like mom 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 can I spend the night can I spend the night can I spend the night and then I would just stay up until five in the morning fall asleep on their trundle bed and piss everywhere and then <laughs> leave in the morning <laughs> and uh so that's that's here's where my 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 relationship to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of begins. As a child, I don't necessarily know in what order, but I know that I had seen some of the sequels, like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation, which is the one with like Matthew McConaughey, I think, and and Renee Zellweger, um, on like Comcast on Demand, the FearNet, FearFest thing that AMC would have. And I know I'd seen a couple of like the shitty remakes, like 2004 and yada 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 stuff like that. The 2004 remake, and then probably around 18 or 19, I finally watched the first one, and yeah, just blown away, blown away. Um, I've always loved it, uh, the original, the 1974 one. Uh, I really think it's something special. I really think it's important. I think it's really influential. Um, we'll talk about it more later, but just in passing, like I, I think the look of it and the way that it's shot, whoever was in charge of shooting it, um, I would wager it's had a pretty decent uh, effect um, and a bit of influence. Um, yeah. How about how about you? What's your, your Me? relation to? TCM, as, as true fans call it. Well. Also known as the, what is it, Turner Classic Movie? Yeah. Um, several years ago, I'd say like five maybe. Perhaps. I was working. Nine to five. Nine to five every day. No, usually sometimes like 10 to 1 a.m. <laughs> at a, a, a little pizza place delivering pizzas. I remember taking a pizza to a house. I walk up and I knock on the door and it's open. But the screen door is closed. Okay. It's a screen. I can see inside the house. And from like the court, uh, like to my right inside the house, I can see this little boy, maybe like five. He's wearing a t-shirt, no pants. He comes up to the door. And he doesn't say anything. I go, I have a pizza here. And he goes, okay. And just, it's just a scene out of Rob Zombie's Halloween. If I've ever seen it, <laughs> he walks down this hallway, looks into a door and goes, there's a pizza here. Okay, goes to the next door, goes, there's a pizza here? Okay. And he finally gets to the door, and he goes, there's a pizza here? Okay. Then closes the final door, comes back, looks at me, and then goes and sits back down on the couch and looks at this TV, just alone in this dark living room. And he's watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel from, like, the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And it's a scene where somebody is getting their face cut off mm-hmm. in full view. Like, the camera doesn't cut away. You're watching a man get his face cut off. And I stand there for, like, two minutes watching this kid watch this movie. And then just a very dirty woman comes out of the back hallway, hands me a crumpled-up $20 bill, and then goes back into that room. And I was like, should I call somebody? <laughs> Like, I want to get this kid out of here. Anyway, after that, I lived with Chris. He's always going on and on about this movie and on and on about the Blair Witch. I think we watched them both pretty close to each other. And if I'm being completely honest, I watched both of them. And I told you at the time, mm, not really my thing. Didn't mm-hmm. really do it for me. But in my mind, I'm like, fucking Chris. 
him in these <laughs> old ass movies. He only likes them because they're old. Yeah. Well, and on they... a side note, just to uh, 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 sometimes I know he's joking, but my my dad will rib me about that kind of a thing. Like, yeah. Like I'll come over and he'll be like, "Hey, you seen the new John Wick?" Oh wait, that's right. I forgot. It's not in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah. I just I'm I'm like I, I I get that these movies are classics, but modern day they don't hold up. They're not doing anything for me. Yeah. So I think if a movie doesn't hold up, it's not a good movie. Yeah. Um, and then we watched Blair Witch a few months ago. Scared the pants off me. <laughs> and we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre a few nights ago. This movie, oh my God, this movie rips. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's happened to me in the past five years. The pandemic, maybe. Maybe I Perhaps. just, I have taste now. <laughs> but I'm not 19. It's the long hair. You've changed. It's the long You've hair. Yeah. You've grown. It's got to be it. Your monk like. Yeah. Hell, I watched a silent movie with you the other day, and I was into it. Can't even imagine. Yeah, imagine a nineteen-year-old meeting you yeah. today. Yeah. He'd be like, "Man, you look like garbage." <laughs> it's like, why are your eyes so dark. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, Chris, I love this movie. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Talk about it for a little bit. Um. You can have the floor. It immediately starts with just that news report. And those dead bodies on that. Yeah, that's really, really. Oh, it's. I was like, "Fuck, this is." I'm in. I'm in already. This is so good. And I love just as the movie goes on, like you just hear reports here and there, like they're like, "Yeah, people are we're searching to see what bodies are missing and what parts mm-hmm. are missing." And people are like, "Oh, is my grandma still on, in the ground?" And they're mm-hmm. like, "We'll go see this and that." And then, like later on, like like just in the background, there's like a news report on a radio, and they're like, "Yeah, none of these bodies are from this graveyard." It's like, oh fuck, that's really good. Yeah. Um. And yeah, this movie just rips. Yeah. Like unequivocally, just rips. Yeah. It. We were talking about it immediately after watching it. We burned a lot of a lot of content just immediately. <laughs> but yeah, we were saying it. It it feels like a slow build until you see Leatherface. But really, when you think about it, it's not. A lot of scary shit happens. It's in the doing first a lot of work. Quarter of this movie, yeah. yeah. The, work, the 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 front half is also just as much of a yeah. workhorse as that char- uh, chase scene is. Like I very clearly remember watching it the first time, and when the hitchhiker cuts his hand, being like, "So fake." Yeah. I but watching it same... this time, I'm like, "That yeah. knife's halfway in his hand." Yeah. No, I had the same reaction. Like in my mind, I remember the fake blood looking so comically fake that I was like, man, like it's definitely of a time, but it's got a charm. And then I watched it this time. I was like, Oh my God, that guy's cutting his hand for real. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like you're watching a movie and you've seen it before and you know, it's going to happen. But still when you're watching, you're like, okay, maybe everything is going to be fine though. (laughs) Maybe, maybe this is going to go their way. Cause he gets in the car and he's just kind of weird. You think maybe he's just like a little, mentally unwell yeah but he's just kind of weird and just things just escalate mm-hmm. and they escalate and he starts talking about the slaughterhouse and it's like that's not great yeah let's pause there for a second that's a really neat thing that uh addresses um we talked briefly on hollow uh, during the halloween episode about um well the halloween two three and four episode about something that you plan to expand upon a little bit perhaps i don't know later in this episode when we talk about halloween mm-hmm. uh but the idea that like it's uh kind of a uh an allegory for like uh there goes the neighborhood yeah and this one being like whoa look at that fucking spider happy halloween spooky <laughs> fuck off where is he 
He's just on the. He's just blending into the carpet now, Chris. You missed your chance. You should have got him in the air. Well, well, well. Anyways, uh, you were saying that this one's kind of the story of like, ah, oh, there's just some places you can't go anymore. Yeah. Um, but also, it it works as a pretty decent allegory for. Uh... Okay, let me start here. The pitch I gave to you when we first started watching, I thought that you necessarily needed it, but it is something I'd like to express. Oh, he's going back. There's nothing for him down he's there. He's going up. The web. Get him. Wow. With what? Go. Two shoes. Well, the spiders are good guys from what I heard. Okay. All right. Sometimes the good ones Who told you that go. big spider? I don't think I did that. I really don't think I got him. You made him oh, my God. He's right there. Hey, I got him. Spiders are good guys, he says. I'm the bad guy. I guess so. I'm Leatherface in this story. Anyways, uh, I think that this movie has a lot to do with uh, the traditional like gothic genre and subsequently the southern gothic genre excuse me the idea of like decay and like things falling apart and the idea of like a decadence and an elegance and like a you know prosperity that's now gone hence the haunting of the castle or Mm -hmm. in southern gothic like the sort of excuse me setting of the abandoned um um plantation same thing with uh texas chainsaw massacre it's it's sort of like the meat packing industry has not necessarily even left but automation has put all these people out of the uh, jobs so it's not necessarily a one-to-one but like you can kind of connect the dots in a sense that like the implication is that like well now that all these you know people are out of jobs because of uh, uh the robots they had to turn to crime now it's hyperbolic and very theatrical that they would turn to eating people yeah <laughs> but it kind of works for an, as an allegory for that and there's one moment where you get that thesis kind of stated out loud um where the god what is the name of the main girl's brother in the wheelchair great question god i cannot remember offhand but anyways uh he's talking aloud about the the the, the gun that sugar uses in no country for old yep, men yep, yep. <laughs> and how that's how they kill cattle now uh and then later when they pick up the hitchhiker he explains that his family's always been in slaughtering and that the the gun's no good because it put a lot of people out of work. But they don't go on for a long time. You know what I mean? And that's one of the beautiful things about him saying that as an offhanded comment is because it establishes it real quick just like, no, no, that gun's no good. It puts people out of work. And then the thing keeps going on. It doesn't get bogged down by like this movie's main intent is not to make a statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost uh, coincidental, uh, which I think uh, is kind of sometimes how like the best like statements are made in a sense yeah. when it's just something that like subconsciously comes out of you while you're trying to do another thing because obviously first and foremost i think this movie is trying to be scary and it succeeds oh yeah but anyways long story short i think it's very gothic in structure i don't know what you'd call it southern gothic to a degree or whatever uh but um hand in hand with that is the idea that i think this is as atmospheric as like the golden age horror movies oh it's yeah got the same kind of atmosphere the same kind of tension kind of a thing and the same kind of like hypnotic like lots of bones I just can't look away yeah a lot of bones it's a bit mysterious yeah we've had the conversation about silent films almost seeming like they could be something out of a history class because you're so removed from those people you don't even recognize them they yeah. might as well be real people in your mind uh in a similar way there are just so many things in this that give the illusion that it's almost documentary-esque. I'm thinking of the scenes of, like, all of those Texas Texans, like, <laughs> drinking at the out, graveyard. At the graveyard? Yeah. yeah, and then there's the one guy with that low angle where he's sitting in a tire, leaning back, and he's, like, babbling on about how he's an old man and nobody listens to old men. And 
whatever, and it's just odd. And then, yeah, all those scenes where it just inspects all of these, like, furniture pieces that they've made out of human bones and stuff. It's very... Yeah. Unsettling. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just... I'll elaborate on what I was saying a few episodes ago now, to an extent. And I'll talk about Halloween a little bit here, too. Yeah. But, yeah, what I was saying is, you know, places you can't go anymore, and then Halloween is... Oh, no, now it's coming here. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's that thing. This shit's always been around. We just have faster ways of communicating. Yeah. So it just gets around faster. But, yeah, like in um, Halloween, there's so many scenes where, you know, Michael Myers drives by in the car. Mm-hmm. And they go, hey, speed kills, asshole. Or they mm-hmm. see him behind the bush. And they're like, hey, fuck you, buddy, or whatever. And you're yeah. like, like, modern day lens, you're like, why are you doing this? Yeah. This is a strange man. He could hurt you, but it's at mm-hmm. the time. No, nobody knew that. Everybody in these, they're quiet little suburban lives where everything's fine. Yeah. And, you know, someone's coming in and disrupting that. Want to pause real quick? That is an interesting thing. There are, I feel like that's a, a trait of a lot of like men that I'm going to put in the 40 plus bracket. I know that there are modern people our age that also have carried on these traits but just there's something about that generation of men like our parents and our grandparents where like dudes for some reason i'll just like they'll just say like <laughs> yeah nice park job you know what i mean like i feel yeah. like men of a of that era have the impression that they can just say things to people yeah and i don't understand it like i couldn't imagine being at a mire seeing someone parked a little over the line and be like hey great park job but, like, I've had older men say shit like that to me. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, what the f... You're right, Chris. Old white men are unnecessarily entitled. Yeah, they are. And um, it just reminds me of exactly what you're talking about, where it's that thing where it's like, yeah, for some reason they feel just entitled to be like, hey, perv, why are you looking at us? You know? Yeah. And it's not even so, uh, like, well, yes, it is entitled. But I feel like it's more so like, ah, this is something I can do. Yeah. With no consequences. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's how they feel when they say shit like that to me, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. just assume, like, I'm the man. Yeah. And then in this, in Texas, it is, yeah, we'll pick that dude up. Yeah. There's no consequences. Mm -hmm. Oh, we need gas? Naive. We'll we'll just go over to this barn over here and ask them for some gas. And it just, yeah. So in in Halloween, something is there that they're antagonizing. We're in Texas. They're lost, and they're going out, and I guess entitled to be like, nah, I can talk to anyone anywhere at any time. That is really interesting. I never thought about that. And you know what they say about Texas? Everything's bigger? Don't mess with it. Oh, well, yeah, they say both of those, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, going back, back, back to what we were saying at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this movie feels like a slow build at first, but it's not. They get him in the car. He's just creepy. Mm-hmm. And then he grabs what's-his-face's knife and cuts himself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, that's not good. And it's like... The whole time you're watching, you're like, oh, get that knife away from him. Mm-hmm. Get that knife away from him. And they get the knife away from him. It's like, okay, things are a little bit better. And he's like, oh, no, I got my own knife. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, and he lights the fire in the, in the back Takes of the Takes a picture car. of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, that guy then taking a picture of me. And that's the other thing. There's so many, like, just, in my opinion, brilliant things, right? Like, he pulls the camera out, and he just doesn't just take a picture. He goes from person to person and tries to decide who he's going to take a picture yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which fucks with the guy for the rest of the, the thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, why'd he take my picture? You know? Yeah. So good. So many. There, yeah, there's a lot of little things like that that are kind of red herrings that mm-hmm. just kind of nag at everybody in the background and yeah. kind of you as well Shots while you're subtle. watching it. Yeah. Like that and while they're driving to this abandoned house that used to be their grandfather's, I think. Yeah, a little weird, right? 
they're just constantly it never becomes a problem mm-hmm. but constantly all the way there they're like we're gonna run out of gas mm-hmm. we are going to run out of gas <laughs> just over and over again they get to the gas station and he's like i ain't got no gas i got I'm some like, barbecue that's, that's great i love that yeah um and yeah and then they they they, they look for gas at the other place and the i don't know what sideburns guy goes into the house and there's just that perfect shot of like from the front door inside the house there's the staircase this like green or gray room i don't remember and then the doorway with the red room inside of it mm-hmm. and that's great and then just talking leatherface comes up. oh yeah that's it yeah it's so striking it's so yeah. vivid compared to everything else and he wanders over there and then leatherface enters frame so quickly hits him over the head he lays on the ground twitching, which is so disturbing oh, and yeah. such a bother. Like, wow, that really is unsettling. And it, it's it's a little painful to watch. I know it's fake and stuff, but that's one of those things where I'm just like, oh, oh. And then he just fucking slams the door and you're like, oh, horrible. Yeah, and that's my thing. All of that, especially yeah. after watching all these Michael fucking Myers movies where he's yeah. just stalking people, Leatherface is so fast and big and lumbering mm-hmm. in this. That that moment especially feels like the movie turns a corner. Yeah. Where it's like, oh fuck, now it's scary. But that part is so much and abrupt, and that yeah. the rest, of that beginning part that we just talked about, how much we love, mm-hmm. feels like a slow burn. Where it's yeah, not so much, but compared to this, it yeah. absolutely is interesting and kind of, uh, I guess, just interesting. <laughs> Gunner Hansen, the guy who plays Leatherface, actually was wearing, I think, like boots to make him fucking taller. So he's a little more intimidating. But even wearing those, he was still faster than I think her name was Marilyn Burns. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But he was faster than the actress who uh, who plays like the final girl. And uh, so th- there are some scenes where I can kind of th- remember vaguely, but not exactly, where like he has to kind of fuck around a little yeah, bit yeah, to not like, catch up to he's her. He's like cutting down tree branches yeah. and stuff like that to slow yeah. himself down. Um, but real quick about that scene, immediately after that, it's kind of fucking great. This film is chock full of amazingly beautiful low angle shots. Yeah. And one of my favorites is when she's on that porch swing and the yep. camera goes under it and follows her walking up to the house after yep. she's like, yep. Daryl? Daryl, that's not his name, but she's like, "Are you coming back?" Basically, and then she mm-hmm. wanders in, and she gets attacked by Leatherface after first stumbling upon his skeletal house museum. Yeah, situation. Oh, I, in my notes, I wrote down bone couch. Yeah, they got a lot of couch. really nice shots of the bone couch. Well, here's something I'm curious about. I know I've read before that in Poltergeist, there's a scene that involves a lot of skeletons. And apparently it was cheaper to just buy skeletons from the local fucking like medical college rather than buy a bunch of propped skeletons. So there's just real human remains in this big soupy water scene that Sick. this woman or young girl or whatever is swimming in for the movie. And yeah, watching this, I was like, these have to be real bones. Because like on a low budget like that, and just in general, I feel like it's got to be easier to get a hold of human bones. Especially in the, in the 70s, 70s, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's gross. Um, but then the horrifying scene, she gets put up on a fucking meat hook. Before it's that, awful. Oh, I absolutely sorry. love, we always talk about horror in the daytime. I oh, love, yeah. She sees him. She runs out of the house. She throws the door open. It slams behind her. And he bursts through, like in one motion, bursts yeah. through the door, picks her up, and drags her back inside. Yeah. Horrifying. I love it. It's well, so horror good. in the daytime. Thanks for reminding me of that. That's another thing. This whole movie... Sorry, not the whole movie, but the majority of the movie takes place during the day, and it's unsettling, and it's scary, and it's a really neat example of exactly that. Like, daytime can be scary. Yeah. Night is 
not necessarily like a ticket to you know like a ticket to ride like you, know, yeah. you, you get a free pass but uh it is really impressive to see a movie just be like nah fuck it the sun's up um you know because just even in the most shallow sense like some of the most horrifying things that have happened to me in my life have been middle of the day yeah real quick i i i know it has to have been a dream that just blended into my memory bank but i can remember being five six seven eight waking up late i had slept in that day and just for some reason being deeply deeply unsettled and calling out for uh my great great aunt frankie who's staying with her she two greats yeah really yeah she's my father's great aunt i did not know that yeah she's my grandpa's aunt okay um and i was calling out for her and she wasn't answering and then i was really unsettled by that too it's honestly one of the most scared i've ever been and then i can very vividly remember a hand coming out from underneath like behind the bed but like against the wall and grabbing my ankle and then i like kind of screamed and like moved more to the middle of the bed sat there for what felt like five minutes just kind of frozen and just like oh my god what the fuck did i imagine that did i imagine that and then i like did one of those things where i like tried to leap to the fucking like door frame and like just started pacing through the house like calling for frankie and she wasn't answering and she wasn't answering and i just kept looping back and forth like i don't know where she could be and i like tried calling up into the the upstairs and calling down to the basement and she wouldn't answer she wouldn't answer and then eventually just from the basement i started hearing what what and i was like oh my god frankie like you'll never believe what happened like i said did someone grab my ankle probably not but that was the middle of the damn ass day. I got a I got a similar story. Yeah. Happened to me a couple of days ago. As you know, I go to bed kinda early for someone my age. I go to bed at eleven o'clock sharp. That's pretty good. That's that's um, a good that's a happy middle yeah. ground. Um so I'm in bed. I fall asleep. I'm kinda half awake, half asleep, which is pretty much me all night. Yeah. I wake up pretty often and I just hear this very faint knocking on my bedroom window. And I'm like, and I, I, I'm immediately fully awake. And I'm like, okay, it's got to be 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. No way. No way there's a person knocking on my window. I had, I got to, I got to be imagining it. And I'm just petrified. And I'm just laying in my bed with my back to my window. And I'm like, just convincing myself. I'm like, there is no, absolutely, oh God, there's no way someone's knocking on my window. And I was just horrified. And then I get my phone starts ringing and it's Chris. And I like, answer, like something's up. And I answer it and I'm like very sheepishly. I'm like, uh, hello? And it's Chris. He's like, and it's 11, 15 maybe. <laughs> and, Chris, and Chris is like, oh yeah, I went on a, a walk and I locked myself out of yeah, the house. Very funny. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So about this film. Something that struck me this time is uh, it's not heavy it's very light but i i was a little into it you know uh just the the sort of like kind of like horrifying like surreal way in which uh, like in daniel johnston uh the devil and daniel johnston that documentary something they go over a lot is that um growing up daniel johnston would like record his mom just like berating him just being like, you know, like, you know, and what are you doing? You know, you're, you're, you're a laughing stock. Everybody in town is just like, oh, there goes the Johnston boy. And then, you know, you're a laughing stock and that's embarrassing and I'm embarrassed. And, you know, what's wrong with you and stuff like that? Because uh, he would just record everything, you know, uh, and then like him and his friends or his siblings or whatever it was. Like, maybe he was an only child, but he would like make these little short movies growing up. 
and one of the primary like antagonists in these short movies was like a fictionalized version of his mother who would also do these things like just be mean to him all the time and stuff and they're very cutesy and like without that context they wouldn't seem fucked up but with like the added context of hearing the tapes played you're like oh yikes yeah it's one of the worst things i've ever heard yeah um but anyways i bring it up because as soon as they get into the house um it's almost like this weird like (laughs) um almost like they're doing like a like a dark improv bit where like this cannibal husband is telling his son who's actually kind of his cannibal wife to get back in the kitchen and he's like hitting her with a and oh, he's I like that. coming home yeah it's like so I, fucked up and weird i love that they paid no attention to it but when yeah. the dad comes home leatherface is now dressed like a woman yeah and it, he treats him like it was like his wife or something yeah you know um and he like keeps telling him to get back in the kitchen and hit him with the broomstick and be like god damn it look what you've done to the door and like i come home and you know how come dinner's not ready basically is what he might as well be saying you know but it's just so over the top, and I love it, and it's 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 really something else. Yeah, it's something I really I really like. Like it's during this when he comes home, or in like the end scene, the end dinner scene, she is horrified. This is the worst day night of her life. She's for sure gonna die. Yeah. But they don't give a shit. They got yeah. their own stuff going on, and they're just yeah. fighting with each other the entire time. Yeah, this is normal to them. You, yeah. you said it. You said that like to her. Yeah, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened, and to them, this is what they do for dinner. You know. <laughs> To go back just a little bit. I would also like to go back. There's two things I would have to mention. When he puts her on the meat hook. Yeah. I think it's a good example that they do a lot in this movie where he throws her up on the meat hook and you're like, oh, there's no way this could get worse. (laughs) And then he starts cutting off the guy's head right in front of him. It's like, oh, that's a hundred times worse. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Uh, I will say uh, another moment that's just so scary to me is when night has fallen and the Uh brother and sister are like oh shit our friends aren't back feels very Blair Witch yeah and he's in a wheelchair she can't just push him through the woods that easy looking for them so they kind of have to split up and like even the little detail of them only having one flashlight and them fighting over who gets to keep it or take it and him you know just it would be awful because like I immediately put myself in that situation and god like i can't even believe she has the gall to go look for her friends because i would be like the guy in that situation i'd be like i'm staying here let's haunt the horn a few more times exactly and then she's like give me the flashlight and i would just like my jaw would hit the floor because i'd be like i couldn't process i'd almost boot down probably i might faint yeah just with the idea that i might have to sit there unable to get around that well in just utter darkness with a van that has no gas and no keys again that's another little detail they left with the keys the friends left with the keys they couldn't leave if they wanted to yep they have two options sit right there or go look brilliant in my opinion yeah horrifying another moment that i'm gonna put in the horrifying category it doesn't have as much of an effect but i remember the first time that i saw it i seriously can that that time when i was like 18 or 19 and i told you i was watching it i remember i was uh drinking a frozen like pre-mixed like uh slushy margarita thing with like a girlfriend at the time oh yeah i think we had the day off from like stocking at walmart hey how we got the day off let's take a trip to margaritaville yeah well sorry we got the night off so we're working 10 to 7. 
10 p.m. to 7 a.m. Anyways, there's that moment where she gets away from that horrifying fucking dinner, which we'll talk about in detail in a second because it's just god awful. Um, gets to the gas station for that the 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 the. Oh no, she doesn't get away from the dinner. Sorry, she just gets away from Leatherface. I would say. I'm sorry. Continue. She gets away from Leatherface and makes it to the gas station and he's like oh geez sh- don't worry don't worry i just gotta get the truck i just gotta get the truck and then he comes back with a comically large burlap sack and a rope <laughs> yeah and he's like and then he starts beating her with that fucking broom and that that twist i remember being 18 or 19 and being like oh my god like how, how could it get worse she got away from the cannibals but actually the gas station she went to that's their dad and he's also a cannibal yeah i love i love when she's sitting in the gas station and she's looking at the meat he's got roasting, and it just keeps it starts it. to look more and more like human. Right? I was gonna say it's just they just keep showing it to you. Yeah. And after a while, you're like, that does not look like any animal I have seen. Yeah. Because they never explicitly say that the barbecue that he's making. Yeah. But they don't have to. And I think this might be the part where the news reports on that's like, yeah, and these bodies aren't from. Mm-hmm. the cemetery yeah but again it's just one of those things where uh i think for as in your face and brash and abrasive as this movie is it's also very subtle yeah and it has a lot of restraint it has its moments toby hooper really knew what he was doing with this this joint this toby uh hooper joint is some loud it's that pacquiao <laughs> some of the kids used to say when i was in high school i got that pacquiao anyways um i would say maybe my least favorite part of this movie and it happens a few times, but I think this is the biggest example. There are a lot of great moments where it just holds on stuff, and it does feel hypnotic. You're like, you're just in this moment for a while. Yeah. But I do also feel like there are moments where he chases her through the woods for a very long time, mm-hmm. and she gets to the house. She sees Grandpa upstairs. That shit's all spooky. Yeah. Um, can't. I don't care how scared you are can't imagine running upstairs to that attic and seeing that room with grandpa in the corner and being like help me help me i'd be like oh this is the wrong room to be this is worse than where i was just (laughs) she does that and then she runs back outside and she runs through the woods again and he chases her again there are a few moments in this movie where i'm like "Mm, feels like we're trying real hard to hit 90 minutes here (laughs) um that's funny but then we get dinner yeah dinner's crazy Dinner is insane. Insane also because they were like, hey, before we're... I, again, it's it's like, is there... Do they already have dinner ready to go and they're just going to eat before they kill her? Yeah, he was cooking all day at the... Okay. At the gas station. Um, And they just invited her just to play mind games just to fuck with her, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Maybe they think Grandpa would like it. Can we talk about Grandpa for a second? Yeah, Grandpa's horrifying in my opinion. Uh, Grandpa is obviously a younger man with a bunch of makeup on that is supposed to make him like a hundred years old. That blew my mind when I read it because I thought for sure it was a mask. Yeah, it it looks to the point where he's just wearing an old person mask. Yeah. And it just looks like 70s aging makeup. So he doesn't look like an old man. He looks like a fucking goblin. Yeah. And it works so... It's I'm like, that's fine. That's even scarier. Well, because what's scary to me is, like, I know the intent is that he's alive, but he looks so odd and grotesque and, like, uncanny. Yeah. That I'm always like, is this a fucking corpse? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. He just looks like a little monster the entire time. 
Um, yeah, he's a one-two punch. There's the fucking him sucking on the bloody finger, which is um, in the same category as Nosferatu sucking on your hand because it is the oldest remedy. <laughs> but, but if I'm being honest with you, I'll let Nosferatu suck on all these digits all day long before I let Grandpa get anywhere near them. <laughs> but it is the oldest remedy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'd prefer. I guess probably the vampire. Oh, absolutely. 120%. I don't know person. how that's even a question for you. I know one day I will be an old person, and I love old pers- people. I've, I've, I've been very close with old people before, not in a sexual way, but... You know, no like my thought, no thought that. like my great great aunt. You know, we were very close. I loved her dearly. I'm so glad that I got to know her. But also, because it's real, old people are scarier than Dracula. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't elaborate. There'll ne- there'll never be a day where a Dracula sucks on my finger. But I could encounter an old person that sucks on my finger <laughs> any day now. So that shit's just fucked. Um, the 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 dad has a great uh line in this uh, uh movie, which is that like the, the his son starts yelling at him like you always make us do the killing, and he's like uh I just can't take no pleasure in it you know there's some things you just gotta do you know that kind of a thing and you're just a cook yeah just a cook and that's one of that's a, that's a that's a that's a that's a scene that almost in 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 spirit gets remade in the second one, kind of uh which is. I won't spoil too much. We plan to perhaps talk about it one day. I perhaps plan to show Nick, and I hope he enjoys it the way that I do. Um, I I put Texas Chainsaw Massacre right next to Evil Dead, and I I, I love both those movies dearly, and I think both Evil Dead 2 and and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 are in a league of their own, but together in that lane. Just those two in that lane. We should watch a league of their own. That'd be fun. Sorry, go Um, But there's a scene where the protagonist confronts the antagonists, and... The antagonist, excuse me, more so than Leatherface in that movie, is the dad, kind of. And uh, he assumes that he's being confronted by the crazed sheriff, Dennis Hopper. Um, Not because he's a sheriff, because it's not obvious. He's wielding three chainsaws, so he does not come off as a man of the law (laughs) in this moment. And instead, he thinks perhaps it's a competitor uh, in the meat business uh, who has found out his secret kind of a thing. And so he tries to, like, bribe Dennis Hopper, but Dennis Hopper just keeps talking about how he's the Lord of the Harvest, and he's not really having any of it. But uh, the father eventually says something like, uh, oh, you know, you figured out my secret. Well, listen, the way I look at it is it's a dog-eat-dog world, and there just ain't enough damn dogs, you know. And it's the same thing where, like, uh, there's more to it, but he basically explains that he's like, I don't want to do this, but meat's getting pretty expensive, and killing costs nothing. Um, That's great. Something I like, I really like about this dinner scene. We'll get to we'll get to Grandpa and the Hammer in a minute. Grandpa and the Hammer also gets remade in the second one. Yeah, and if, if anything, I think it's even more effective. Yeah, yeah. Not my, the first half, the finger sucking and like Grandpa getting wheeled in. That's great, but very specifically the hammer and the bucket part. I don't know if it's better, but they do a pretty good job. Um. Well, since we're talking about it, yeah, Grandpa and the bucket suck. Fuck it, I hate looking at it. Yeah. It is so like him not being able to hold the hammer yeah, yeah, yeah. is so scary. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh this is gonna be so much worse than if any of yeah. these other guys hit her in the head with and the hammer. And he gets it once and there's that patch of blood. Yep, yep, yep. He gets her a couple times. Yeah. yeah. But before that, before we get grandpa and the hammer, we're at this dinner table for so long. Oh yeah. And the main thing 
like what feels like the main thing that's happening that's most important is she's just sitting at this table and screaming and begging for her life while they're arguing with each other. Yeah. And it goes on for so long. And like, honestly, what the main thing in the scene that is happening is them arguing with each other about this shit. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, all you can really think about is her. Yeah. And how just fucked this is. Yeah. And I was telling you while we were watching it, she's sitting there and she's like, please, you can't let him kill me. Mm -hmm. You gotta... Please just let me go. I won't say nothing. This and that. I, if I were her, I'd be like, just eat me as soon as you can. Yeah. How long before you run into like mental, physical, and emotional just exhaustion where you just come to acceptance? Yeah. Like. And it sounds like you'd come there pretty quick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would immediately know. There's no hope for the rest. Even if there is hope, if I get out of here for the rest of my life this happened to me i am living with the memory of grandpa sucking on my finger yeah. i want that amount of time to be as short as possible so just <laughs> eat me right eat me whole just live right now just get me out of here that's very funny um but yeah then grandpa hits her and is this how she gets out uh yeah they're trying to do that and i can't i can't remember exactly what happens but He's untied her. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Hitchhiker has untied her um, for the sake of bringing her over there because she was tied to the chair previously. Grandpa drops the hammer, and he goes to reach for the hammer, lets go of her a little bit, and she scurries off, jumps through a window. You pointed out to me that it's actually a man doing the stunt. I think so. It's definitely somebody in a blonde wig jumping through that. Yeah, I, I read a fun fact somewhere about like the fact that, yeah, they used the stunt double like the second time or something because the first time she actually did hurt herself. Wow. So... There's a couple of others about her, like, running through the fucking woods and actually cutting herself up pretty bad and stuff. And that a lot of the blood that's covering her is real blood, her real blood. Fun. Um, there's a couple. There's a handful of other ones, you know. Uh, go to IMDb if you want more. What am I, a repository? Yeah, what do you for, want from us? For fun facts. Facts. Before Just we started facts, this, man. Chris went, hey, look up some facts about these movies that we can see. Yeah, where were your Black Christmas facts? Well, you had the Silent Night, Deadly Night one. And Elvis. Don't forget Elvis. And the Elvis one, yeah. Those were the only ones yeah. I remembered. I got a couple others. There's uh, the one about the guy who did the narration in the beginning getting paid in a joint. Uh, there's a lot about that dinner scene being awful and like the guy who played the old man like spending like 36 hours in that makeup because he was like, it's the dead of winter in Texas. I'm not doing this a second time. Let's put this makeup on and we're shooting everything we got to shoot with me looking like this right now. Dead of summer, you mean? Yeah, what did I say? Winter. Oh, uh, well, winter's coming up, so it's on the brain. Dead of summer. Then also like Hunter. This one blows my mind mainly because how expensive is a shirt, but there's a thing about like Gunner, the guy who plays Leatherface. He only had, like, one shirt because of budgetary whatevers, and it couldn't be washed because it was dyed and whatnot, and so just for four weeks he wore it. And and that combined with the makeup and then combined with that dinner scene, apparently in the dinner scene there's a lot of rotted food, and, like, it's, again, the middle of summer in Texas, and they had no AC in that old farmhouse, and apparently it just fucking stank, you know, to the point of crew members getting sick and passing out and stuff like that, and it was just pretty hellish. Um, so there's some just fun fact dumps. Uh Real interesting stuff, I would say. Oh, yeah. I really do think so. There's something... This is one of those movies where, like, the whole time I'm watching it, I don't think about it, but, like, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm definitely thinking, like, man, like, that's... That's a set I would have liked to be on. Not... For long. For long. <laughs> Just but a quick... Like a fly on a wall kind of a thing. Like, yeah. that's a set that... Because there's a lot, a lot of this movie again because of that documentary feel or like that same like 
just the atmosphere. Anytime a movie has an atmosphere, um, like Dracula or something, as much as it is obviously a movie, I mean, every movie is obviously a movie. I was thinking about that while I was watching this even, but this air of realism, like it almost feels like yeah. something that really happened. I get the sense that for some reason, I feel like the set, not a lot of people there because it's, you know, a smaller production. I feel like it would have like a, a house show kind of feel to it. Uh-huh. I also kind of get the feeling that that one fucking movie with Willem Dafoe playing Nosferatu. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe that's the best way I can put it. Like there's something about this movie, and there's other movies in this category, but like to me it almost seems like I have a fun fantasy in my head that they just they were making a movie with actual psychopaths kind of a thing. Like yeah. All these locations, almost like what we do in the shadows or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's funny. But it's something that... That's the best way I can articulate it, I guess. Anyway, she gets out. She does. Stops a truck. Love the truck driver. I love that it gets away. Yeah. Um, just takes off down the road. Yeah. Books it. And then, yeah, she gets she gets in the back of a truck and she's just cackling. Yeah, that ending scene is so uh, out of this world. Astronomical. Yeah. That's like top ten favorite scenes of movies of all yeah. time. Not number one, but it's in the top ten for sure. No, it's I buy just, that, yeah. Something so weird and art house and surreal and effective and emotionally, like, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's, like, I don't know, like, just evocative of something, I guess? Like, it makes me feel, in such a weird way, it's one of those things where it's, like, this is a collage of very strange things, and yet it almost feels like the end of Drive or something. Yeah. You know, with, like, Ryan Gosling sitting there in the sunset as, like, doom, 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 you know, comes in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And, yeah, you, you know, it, 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 or, like, <laughs> it's, it's just, it takes a minute for you to be like, oh, yeah, this is a man wearing another person's face over his face doing interpretive dance with a chainsaw while a woman drenched in blood cackles as she's being transported away from the murderer in the back of a pickup truck. But yeah, the interpretive dancing thing with like the sunset, it's just perfect. Like, you know what I'm, you know what I'm yeah, mean? Yeah, no, like, I, 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 I love, yeah, it's just so, it's so unlike any other end of like a slasher movie where it's not like oh he's finally dead and then she leaves and then he gets up or mm-hmm. oh no he 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 got away while we weren't looking it's no she gets away yeah and they're all still there mm-hmm. and he's just furious yeah and he's just spinning around swinging this chainsaw just mad as all hell yeah because dad's gonna be pissed <laughs> yeah you think of it as an angry thing yeah that is interesting. You said that and immediately clicked that that's exactly what it probably is, but it just seems so like peaceful and serene. Like I said, I think of it almost like I'm watching Black Swan or yeah. something. Like, yeah, it seems very ballerina-ish to me. It's got this beautiful poetry to it. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, no, I just, throughout the whole movie, just like I said, him being fast and yeah. huge and just swinging this chainsaw around with a reckless abandon. But I feel like he does is... it with so much like grace. Like, he almost, like, pauses and, like, as it reaches the apex and stuff. Like, there's almost, like, a rhythm to, like, how he's doing it. I feel... Which is not necessarily intentional. It could be just the way that Gunner, like, did it in the moment. Like, I know that there have been times where, like, I'm in a short film and they're like, oh, yeah, dance, like, no one's watching, but there's no music fucking playing, so I'm just standing there, like, doing my own thing, you know? (laughs) I get the sense more so that he is, yeah, just angrily swinging Mm -hmm. this chainsaw around, and chainsaws are are heavy. Yeah. And so, like, when he, like, swings up and he gets to his apex, that's when he slows down because it's heavy. He's just like, fucking 
just like angrily yeah. like yeah just spinning around and shit yeah. just cutting at nothing because he has nothing else he can do yeah it's interesting I feel like there was something else I wanted to say but I got so sidetracked and just like how I don't know again like like I said I'm just fascinated with that that ending mm-hmm. I wish I had more to say about it but there's just something about it that like it's such a treat such a cherry on top oh that's what I was gonna say I think is that yeah, uh, when she makes it to the gas station, oh, fuck, this fucking actress kills it. I think her name is Marilyn Burns. I, I'm pretty sure that's her name. Um, she kills it when she gets to the gas station. She sounds like someone who's just fucking, like, it's unnerving how she's just, like, so exacerbated or, like, just out of breath and mm-hmm. just, like, she's gonna, but it doesn't sound cartoony. Like, even when I just did that little impression, it sounds like, you know, like in Friday the Thirteenth, and they're like, "There's a man in a hockey mask," but she's legitimately like, oh, "He's gonna in the closet." Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, pick up apron. Like, yep, yep. She just like it literally sounds like 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 yeah, like if I were in my bedroom and like someone grabbed my ankle from the, I would literally burst your door open. I'd be like, "Get out, house, gotta get out, come, come." Like I, I, I wouldn't, I would mentally be broken. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's exactly what she's done. And it's such an effective scene. She does such a great job, and equally well in the end. There, the cackling is so. Yep. It's just, wow. All I have to say to that is, God, damn. Yeah. I'd love damn. to talk about this movie all day. We're already over time. Chris, I would give Texas Chainsaw Massacre big fat A. Yeah, I'm giving it an A plus. Yeah. Okay. I'm so giving now. it an A, not an A plus, because of all the like time filler bits yeah, that sure. I don't That's love. Fine. But I still earns that A. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Agreed. Well, now the moment that we've all been waiting for. Halloween. John Carpenter's Halloween, nineteen seventy eight, three hundred thousand dollars. And something like six or seven different people playing Michael Myers throughout the whole movie. Yep. Uh, and also Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance, and, who was sometimes drunk. Yeah. Dick Warlock. And others. I don't know anyone else's name in this movie. And Haddonfield, Illinois, which is actually California. Mm-hmm. I saw the palm trees this time. I've never really looked for it. Still, didn't do a thing to break the illusion. Yeah. Yep. I do love all the, the little behind-the-scenes facts about them trying to make it look like chicago or illinois mm-hmm. there's you know there's a palm trees in the back obviously but like Couldn't something something i never really thought about until someone brought it up all the dead leaves everywhere they just had to get a bunch of dead leaves and keep them in a bunch of trash bags and then throw them <laughs> everywhere and then when the yeah. scene was the scenes were done they're like all right everybody let's get these leaves back in these yeah. bags um i think they can only find a handful of actual pumpkins in california in the summer surprisingly mm-hmm. So a lot of the pumpkins in this movie are just these green gourds that look like pumpkins painted mm-hmm. orange. So that's fun. But anyways, that stuff is all fun. And it's all cute and it's all neat. But let's talk about the movie. Movie? Wowie. So good. I mean, the beginning? Wowie's Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Um, you get that iconic POV shot. It's great. It's effective. It's creepy. Just as good as Black Christmas. Just as good as Peep Show. Not Peep Show. Sorry. Peeping Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> unsettling you got anything to say about it i think it's a hell of an opener uh child killer i mean child killer didn't take 40 minutes yeah took a cool maybe two yeah (laughs) and we got it yeah um yeah i love it it is just it's so it feels almost like i don't know if i'm stealing this from somebody else maybe we talked about it 
but it feels dreamlike. Yeah, I was just going to say that. We talked about that after I brought that up because of the fact that, like, um, it's perfectly timed. That So, like, when he makes it to the steps, the boyfriend's leaving, which is wow, crazy coincidental. And then when he goes upstairs, she just happens to be brushing her hair topless. I don't know women mm-hmm. that well, but I feel like a lot of women that I know personally seem to not necessarily do that much. Especially with your little brother home, yeah. Hang around topless. Um, it's the same reason that I don't walk well, around just naked. But anyways, whatever. So he kills her real quick, which is just fucked. And then, yeah, he leaves. And, like, right as he leaves, again, coincidentally, like, Immediately this is, the parents, the parents show up. And then as it's panning out on him standing there, like, they're just so not as phased as they should be. So much so that the actress who's playing his mom is just standing there with her hands in her pocket. As, like, the dad just says, Michael? Michael? And then it's just kind of yeah. over. And it says Hadfield, yeah. Illinois. I'm sure I'm sure all of these things are just because yeah, this just movie because. cost three hundred thousand yes. dollars and they're like, We're gonna do Agreed. this one shot, it's gotta be as quick as mm-hmm. possible. But that being said, after it works it, in its favor. It works in its favor because it feels dreamlike and it also kind of almost feels like, oh, like somebody's uh, telling you yes. this story. That's such a brilliant thing. Yes, yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. It almost feels like you imagining the urban legend. Yeah. You know, it's like someone telling you, yeah, and then you walked around outside, uh-huh. and then when her boyfriend left, he went upstairs Folklore. and he stabbed her. And when the parents came home, he was just standing outside with a knife. And yeah, it's, brilliant. Yeah. And again, it leads credence to the idea that he is the boogeyman, that he's not necessarily real. Um, which is all, as much as I've said, I like the idea of him just being a man. I'm also fine with that, the idea of him being a more of a boogeyman, because that's kind of cooler, a lot cooler than. It's Laurie Strode's brother. Like, I really yeah. don't like that in H2. Otherwise, H2 is pretty all right. But anyways, so we get that. That's out of control. Then we get a long section of the movie where two things are happening. Donald Pleasance is... I, I forgot how much he's not a ranting, raving lunatic in this movie. He's pretty, like, looking out the window just like, Yes, Michael Myers is evil. I know him for 15 years. Anyways, I think he's on his way back to your small town, so... We you know should, what I mean? It, he's still he's still a lunatic, yeah. But he's not raving. He's but just, you know what I mean? And almost, he's pretty subtle about it. Yeah. It seems like he's like looking out the window a bit for most of these conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed like, to like, good you, God, man, do you understand? Yeah, but like when you think about it, he's a therapist out yeah. there being like, "Hey, we need to find and kill my patient," <laughs> like yeah. an insane person, or a modern day van helsing yes absolutely so anyways he's doing that uh there's that weird scene where he's at the phone booth and he sees like the the trail that like michael has left again i say weird but again it works in its favor again it has like all these little like slips where it becomes dreamy or surreal in my opinion that again are born out of like amateur hour stuff right Mm -hmm. low budget never really worked on a set before probably never really written much of a screenplay before but again it doesn't end up being a hindrance anything it ends up being a strength uh so you got all that stuff going on donald pleasant showing up and he's like i saw his eyes that black is the, the just the, the the devil's eyes you know great mm-hmm. you're telling me he's hammered for some of them yeah he <sighs> there's that scene where him and the nurse are driving to the convoy i think we're like i forgot i don't even remember where they're driving but they come across the crashed bus which is a great shot where they pull up and it's just the headlights on the people mm-hmm. walking around in the gowns. You immediately know what happened. You mm-hmm. don't have to see the bus. You don't have to see any of that. You just see these people in gowns walking around. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, the bus crashed and these people are out. 
he's hammered in that scene. <laughs> uh, that's a really yeah great scene. I think I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be misremembering. But aren't there, don't they pull up to like a gate? I think they're just supposed to be at the institution. Okay, and like everybody got yeah. out. I'm mixing it up with 2018. That's fine. Well, I only bring it up because I agree with you. Uh, that was a scene that again had like slipped my memory, but like seeing it, I was like, yeah, this is like something out of Carnival of Souls. It's so mm-hmm. like. Again, just evocative, and like all you can see in her headlights are just some white gowns floating there, and immediately you're like, "Oh no, yeah, that's not good." Um, and then the other thing that's going on, other than Donald Pleasance running around playing Van Helsing for a little while, is Laurie Strode just being totally a teenager, totally just normal, just a totally normal teenage girl, just totally doing her own thing totally handling her yeah. homework totally thinking about boys there's totally a dance sometime soon that she totally wants to go with ben tramer but he she's afraid to even talk to him or whatever and she's too smart boys won't like her yeah all of her friends are like you gotta put down those books and pick up a mm-hmm. also you never see your parents in this Weird. movie really so, yeah. that's a great point yeah um I, just a dog on this movie real quick yeah because it's halloween we got a dog on some of it um, oh there were there are i can't think of any examples but there are several times in this movie where i think mainly laurie but sometimes other people will say something mm-hmm. and me and you both looked at each other and went what does that mean yeah like the, the, and the first one was who like, are you talking to and he's saying something to the effect of it's a very famous line i know i've heard it a million times but he goes uh she goes uh <laughs> yeah. uh oh, i hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor yeah what does that mean <laughs> i can't remember the other ones but that was the first one where i was like hang on back it up uh, and i'm glad afterwards she didn't say and you know what i mean um so anyways, yeah, they say totally a lot also. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, I'm not saying I'm invested or they're memorable, but there's so many things that are just like, it's so bland and so generic, but in that perfect way that like it feels like something I'm nostalgic for. It almost feels sentimental. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. like just I think about, I think it's Annie and and, 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 and Lori like smoking pot and just driving as the sun's kind of setting on an autumn day after school. And I just remember... You know, getting high before school or after school in high school and whatnot, and I don't know. It's just so much. It's so much of that first half is just, in my opinion, even though it is kind of boring and slow moving or whatever, and like some of the characters are forgettable or whatever. It does kind of like lull me into this, like, you know, my guards down. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And then so no, that's no, that's the that's the Smiths Grove mental whatever they call it sanitarium institution oh that's the that's the car and michael's driving yep. it oh. oh but now we're smoking pot and we're just hanging out but also that's the car still following her funny hey, we say it all the time funniest thing about this movie is michael myers is driving for a lot <laughs> of it i also forgot that scene where uh donald pleasance explains it it's the scene where someone like, he's must have walking. taught him. Yeah, she's like, he's like, someone must have gave him lessons, and then the scene ends. And I was like, is this in here just for him to say that? One yeah, line? and they're just walking around the scene behind the bush, iconic shot. That's great. Um, when she looks out the window and she sees him standing by the laundry. Yeah. And it looks back and he's gone. That's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Always loved it. But I never thought about it until this time. She's looking out the window. We see her looking out the window. Then it cuts to out the window. He's standing there. Cuts back to her, cuts back to outside, and he's gone. Yeah. But we look away, 
what she never does. Yeah. Which means she sees him turn around and run away, <laughs> which is very funny. Something else I love about this movie. Very low body count. Yeah. Only three people actually get murdered. Um, and again, it seems so... Unlike 2018 and Halloween Kills, it doesn't seem like what Michael Myers does is murder people. It yeah. almost seems like he's running around... Not even running around. It seems like he's cruising around, stealing headstones and pretending to be a ghost more than he is like interested in like murdering people. Um, it reminds me of that thing you kept mentioning about like uh, Michael Myers being someone who takes Halloween too far, kind of a thing. Yeah. In the theatrics, right? Yeah, it almost seems like he's got this like grand plan to like just give Laurie a real spooky night. Yeah. <laughs> More than yeah. like to murder her. Like, I know you don't like it, but it's something that they bring up in Halloween kills. Yeah. He's a six year old boy. Yeah. When you really think about it, he's a big evil boogeyman, but also he's just a six year old boy. Yeah. He's got the body of a man, the brain of a six year old and the, or no, the brain of an animal, the body of a man and the soul of a six year old spirit of a six year old. Something like that. Yeah. Anyways, Forget all that nonsense. There's a point at, I want to say it's like an hour, hour 10 in of this hour and a half movie mm-hmm. where just the killing's done. Yeah. She finds the bodies, but even before she finds the bodies, I mean, there's like five, 10 minutes before that where he's killed his last person and there's no one else to kill. Um, and that's also something really neat and unique. And that's one of my favorite things about watching Black Christmas or watching Texas Chainsaw or watching this one is like, those are three movies where like body count is sub five. Yeah. And a lot of the movie, the creepy shit that the killer is doing has nothing to do with murder. Mm-hmm. They're just being weird. Yeah. And I, it's so much more fascinating than like some of the later like Friday the 13th slasher movies. Some of the sequels to Scream. Halloween Kills is the prime example mainly because it's the last one I saw. And I know it has a body count of like 48. It almost goes to, comes to a point where it's like, what does it matter at that point? when 48 people are getting killed. I don't mean that as like a statement about life or something. If 48 people got killed tomorrow, that'd be awful. But inside of a movie, at a certain point, you know what I mean? Um, And yeah, like, what do they do besides killing? Again, the answer is kind of not a lot. Although I will say, in H2, I don't like him going to the school. We've already been over that. And writing Sam Hain in blood and like the sister on the paper and stuff. That's not good. But in general, I like that about Halloween, that he spends all his time just being weird, just stalking. Yeah. It's, it's something I remember my my father saying um, that I, I think about every time this movie comes up, and it's very true. This movie's not scary as much as it is just spooky. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's atmospheric. Yeah. It's you know, unsettling. It's ooky. It's spooky. Yeah. Um, great soundtrack. Bitchin' soundtrack. Bitchin'. I remember hearing yeah. somewhere once that, like, they were showing this, like, a rough cut of this movie to people, and they're like, hey, John Carpenter, this movie fucking blows ass. You're gonna lose all your money, and this was a mistake. And then he put the score in and showed it to people, and people were like, oh, this movie's terrifying. <laughs> also, another thing that rips so hard is Michael Myers coming to the that bedroom in the ghost sheet with the fucking guy's glasses on yeah mainly because I, I i ran it by you and i trust you but again i don't think it was established that there was a sheet anywhere in no, no like no, that no, no, no. and again it's just one of those things where like there's a jump in logic it's another dreamy moment but like bravo so worth it mm. literally a leap of faith and guess what 
you can jump the you know, the Grand Canyon on a on a on a on a Honda <laughs> on a on an Indian sports bike. You know, um, fucking a talk about sticking the landing. That shit is there's something undeniably just cool as hell. Yeah, like if you think about it for two seconds, you're like, ah, this is kind of dumb. Yeah, but just that visual. Yeah. oh, it's so good. Great. And you even brought it up the idea that he's wearing glasses over his sheet ghost costume over his William Shatner mask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> insane yeah. someone Insanity. else's prescription glasses yeah yeah um i yeah there's i i something i really love about this movie that i think might just be it might be it might not be but i feel like it might be one of those this movie is made for three hundred thousand dollars kind of decisions but i always have really liked when she goes to check on them across the street and it's just her walking across the street for like a minute and it's just that's a spooky thing it's like oh she's going there he's she could have stayed home and been fine but he's there and she's going there yeah and you know she doesn't know and it's just her just casually strolling across the street and you watch her walk across that whole fucking street and it's like oh god oh well that's something worth mentioning is like yeah this this movie has a great like I can't think of a movie that does a better job of like orienting you to a space. You feel like you know yeah. where everything is. Yep. Um, and also, just another thing in passing, uh, is the fucking shot of the house. Uh, there's that shot of Michael Myers like carrying the one girl. Yeah, it's horrifying. That, as yeah, the horrifying. Kid, the kid, the kid sees them. it. Yeah, but then also there's a scene later on where he just like beelines across the street yep, and like yep. just that house is so iconic. Those two shots are so iconic unnerving unsettling um this is a weird aside that i don't think is going to be that compelling but something i love about michael myers in this one i don't remember it being so striking but there's something about like this much there's like three inches of visible neck right here that like just really is the cherry on top to make the whole thing complete uh looks great in this one it's a reverse choker yeah looks great in this one um yeah i love I love I we talked about it while watching it. I hate 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 in all the sequels that everybody calls him the fucking boogeyman. Yeah. I love in this one just kids being kids being like, "Oh, the boogeyman. Is yeah. the boogeyman going to get me? I'm a little kid. I'm afraid of the boogeyman." Mm-hmm. And every time he sees him, he's like, "That's the boogeyman." Yeah. And everyone's like, "Fucking shut up. Anthony my call." All right, <laughs> Tommy Doyle, shut yeah. up. All right, and he's like, "No, oh, it's the boogeyman." Yeah. And then at the end, Doctor Loomis comes, he shoots him, he falls out the window, and Laurie goes, "Was that the boogeyman?" Yeah. And uh, Loomis Home goes, run. "Honestly, yeah." Home run. This is a boogeyman. Love that it's moment. Great. Another thing I love about this movie is Loomis doesn't know Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode isn't Michael Myers' sister. These are like, again, there's that moment where they meet. And it's almost like watching the prequels or something and seeing, like, uh, someone be like, oh, yeah, that's Anakin. And, like, Anakin's standing there with, like, Obi-Wan, who's, like, a Padawan in the first one. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, my God, look at them. They're just, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, there's something so powerful about seeing Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis in the same frame and it not being an awful, awful scene. Because there are a lot of, I don't think they share any screen screen time in the later ones, but you know what I mean. Anyways, um, and then the ending. I love the ending. Uh, It has become cliche because of the way that it's used but effectively in this first one the only thing they're trying to convey is not hey we're gonna make 12 of these that was not the intent the intent instead is to leave you unsettled as an audience and say the boogeyman's out there yeah 
He could be behind that tree. He could be in the car behind you. Is this a man? Probably not. This yeah, is just I, a placeholder for your fears. Yeah, I like the last few shots of it are you see him disappeared. You don't see somebody disappeared because they've disappeared. But you see the absence of him on the ground. And then there's just a bunch of static shots of the house and like yeah. the stairs or the living room. Could he be here? That could, could be, be exactly. There? They could be just spooky shots of the house, or it's like these could be POV shots. Yeah, this could be where he's looking right now. Yeah, and he could be walking up those stairs to go get him, or he could be in the living room waiting mm-hmm. for them to get downstairs. And I think you get the breathing while it's doing all yeah. those shots. You get the breathing. You do. Love Brilliant. It. A plus. A plus movie. Great Halloween movie. Watch it on Halloween. I try to every year. This year I have to do a fucking Misfits cover set, so I won't be able to. Your life is so rough, Chris. You can no. watch it in the morning. I guess I could, but I think we're going to do like day of practice as well. Lame. Because we're all a bunch of airheads who can't retain nine minute long songs. Well, on Sunday, I mean, you'll get up at 8 o'clock and we'll watch there Halloween. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I've said it before. I've said it again. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I wish we had something kind of cool and ghoulish to say. You know. I'll just howl one more time. All right. Uh, good night, my horror hounds. That's, that's that mattress man? <laughs> I guess that is that mattress man, yeah. If you need more soup... Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 